Hello, we are Restoration Church Chicago and welcome to our podcast. You can connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Our mission is to glorify Jesus everywhere, and that includes right here, right now. Thanks for tuning in. Unity is so important to God that we have unity. Psalm 133 says, 
says how good and pleasant it is when brothers live together, when brothers and sisters, people live together in unity. For that's where, sorry, we should write, where the Lord, that for there the Lord commands his blessing. God actually commands a blessing when there's unity. And so we want unity, and we want unity in the church, in our giftings, and in our diversity. Unity happens when each person knows their gifting, are secure in our gifting, and comes to serve one another with our gifting. I'm going to say that again. Unity happens when each of us knows our gifting, that means being okay with who you are, being okay with who you're, what you're good at and what you're not good at, realistic about it. Being secure in our gifting, meaning not comparing, and serving one another, coming with a heart of serving. That's when unity happens, and Jesus, of course, is our example. He was completely secure in his calling. He knew exactly who he was. He knew exactly what he was called to. And he laid down his life. And he's our example. This means not seeking platform, not needing to be noticed, not striving for position, trying to stand out, be recognized. Everything we do in the church should be done in humility. And it's for Christ. And when we do that, we don't give the enemy any room to divide. We don't give him any room yeah. when we come with that attitude. Because the gifts are not about us. We read here in, in Romans, said they belong to God. The gifts that we have don't belong to us. My gifting doesn't belong to me. When I say, oh, I don't know if I can use my gifting, it doesn't belong to me. God's given me something, and it's for the good of other people. Just as he's given each of us things that are for the good of the body. And when we get that, it's liberating. You can kind of get over yourself, and it's liberating. And you can use the things that God's put in you. They've been given by grace. They've been given by grace. God has freely given us gifts. Not earned, not deserved. We've done nothing for them. So therefore, we can't feel superior in them. It deals with all of that sense of superiority and gifting because they're free gift of grace by God, not earned. But in the same way, there's no place for false humility either. False humility is, you know, I'm shy about my gifting, and I don't want to be noticed, or I don't want the spotlight. That's false humility. We don't, there's no room for either. If we truly understand that the gifts are from the grace of God to us for the body, for the purpose of others, there's freedom in that. It's to meet the needs of the church. But we need to grow in our gifts. We need to grow in our giftings. We all need to grow in them by exercising them, right? We have to practice them and exercise them. And the local church is a safe place to exercise your gifts. This is the place where we get to use our gifting and kind of step out and try our gifting and, you know, get feedback from leaders about our gifting, get critiques and kind of learn and grow in our gifting so that we're strengthened in them. So the gifts are for service to the church, to build up the body. They're given to us by grace, and they afford the benefit of others. So today I'm going to move on, though, because I'm attempting to unpack the gift of prophecy. And there's a lot in here that I have to cover, so I'm just going to move, because it's a lot to cover prophecy in one week. Um, I'm very excited to share on it, though. It's like uh, one of my passions. But what is prophecy? I would say a simple definition is it's giving a word from the Lord. It's giving a word or a message from the Lord. When we prophesy, 
to picking up on us the heart of the Father, the language of heaven is the Father's heart, and we're bringing it, we're bringing it to someone, or we're bringing it in a meeting. It's picking up on the language of heaven. Paul encourages all of us in 1 Corinthians 14 to eagerly desire the gift of prophecy, because the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. That's the heart of the Father. He wants to strengthen us. He wants to encourage us. He wants to comfort us. That's the heart of the Father. And we can all do it, Paul says. We're all supposed to eagerly desire to do it. Yes, some people are more gifted at it than others. Um, your gifting has a lot to do with the way you're wired. Like what kind of, uh, you know, people who are really feelers, uh, creative, or, you know, that tend to be prophetic because you're very into your, in tune and sensitive to your feelings. But it doesn't mean that everyone can't prophesy. We all can prophesy. That's what I mean about understanding who we are and our makeup and how we are and being okay with it. Prophecy releases faith. When the prophetic comes, there should be a release of faith um, in a situation. It's a word from heaven and it brings faith into that situation. It's a wonderful gift. New Testament prophecy, some, we might think about prophecy as Old Testament prophets, right? Um, in New Testament prophecy, it, where, where we live now, is so much different than the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, of course, um, sin broke communication with God. And so they needed prophets. That was God's way. They were prophets in the Old Testament were the spokesperson for God. It was the way that he communicated to his people, was through prophets. And they were spokespeople, and they would literally get the exact word for word, you say this, and you say only this, and it's from the Lord. And if they get it wrong, you know, they're wearing stone or something, I don't know, something crazy. They found it not in the Old Testament. But now, in the New Testament, and in the New Covenant, because of Jesus, we can come directly to God, ourselves. We can come directly to Jesus, and hear God for ourselves. Each and every one of us. It's part of our inheritance as sons and daughters. It's part of what Jesus died for. That restored fellowship and communication and intimacy with the Father. So each of us can prophesy, each of us can hear God. Prophecy starts with a belief that God is a God who speaks. God is a God who speaks. And when God speaks, things happen. Things shift in the spirit realm. People's lives shift direction. You might be on one track on your life and then a prophecy comes and something changes and you go in a whole different direction. Not salvation, but just something happens where you decide, you have faith or something, and you move in that direction. But we need to know that just like parents want to communicate to their children, God wants to communicate with us. That's all it is. He's our father, just like I want to talk to my sons and my daughters. Uh, God wants to speak to us. So we struggle with the idea that God wants to speak to us. Think of what parents would have wanted to communicate to their children. And God is even such a better father than we could ever be. So prophecy starts with expectation in our hearts that God wants to speak. He wants to speak. And then when he speaks, we must believe and not doubt. We have to believe and not doubt. If you're skeptical, cynical, doubting, you're not going to know that God is speaking. Because when He does speak, instantly doubt comes right in and robs what God wants to do. We have to believe and not doubt. I can't stress that enough. 
because I've walked through that myself. That's why I'm so passionate about it. When God speaks, believe. Don't let the enemy snatch away what God did. Because he will. He will come and he'll take it. He will take the word, the seed, whatever God did, and he will take it and he will rob it. We have to believe. How do we hear God? First, we hear God out of relationship. There's no shortcuts to hearing God. We hear Him out of intimacy, out of our relationship with Him. Prophecy flows from our intimacy with the Lord. And we need to position ourselves and our hearts to hear Him. We have to tune our hearts and our ears to hear Him because He wants to speak. Just like kids, everyone knows kids. I know I did this. You just kind of tune out your parents sometimes. Not any of the kids in this church would never do that. But, you know, you just tune them out and just go about doing whatever you want anyway. You know, say something a million times and they don't listen. Right? No? Am I the only one? <laughs> We're the same. It's the same with us. We can go about our merry way and do what we want to do and not ever stop to say, What are you saying, Lord? What are you asking of me? And as I was prepping this week, that question just kept coming up to me. What are you asking of me? And I wonder if I've stopped asking that at times. If I've stopped saying, what are you asking me, God? Instead of just going along and doing my thing, stopping and saying, Lord, what are you asking me? What do you want from me? Not want in a bad way, but what are you calling me to? I'm listening. I'm waiting. It's how we position our hearts to hear and receive. Primarily, we need to hear God for ourselves. That's our, again, our privilege. It's part of our inheritance. Hear God for ourselves. Before we want to go hear God for other people, primarily we need to hear God for ourselves. Or even sometimes we want other people to tell us what God's saying, right? But God wants to speak to us. So first, we want to hear God for ourselves. And this is as much for me as it is for anyone here today. And then once we hear God, the hard part is obeying. The hard part is actually doing what He said. Because we can hear God and then not do it, right? We can still just kind of not do what He said. If it's join the church, if it's uh, pursue something, if it's step on it again, if it's I gave you a prophecy Diana this morning, she stepped on it and did it. Um, that's the obedience part, right? That's the obedience. To grow in hearing God, we need to know more of who He is. So that we know his voice. John 10 28 says, My sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. And that when we come to spend time with Jesus, spending time with the word, scripture, so that our prophecy of what we hear is grounded and anchored in the truth of who God is and his words. We need to know scripture and spend time in worship. Because that is one way we position our hearts in worship. Because we've already, it's like the heavens are open and we're already tuned into. So expect Him to speak in those moments when we're worshiping. And then through learning to trust Him and obey more. It's how we grow in our relationship. And secondly, we hear God around the fact that we are filled with the Holy Spirit. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a supernatural empowering. Prophecy is supernatural. It's not like our thoughts or our perception. Yes, in the worldly sense, the prophetic gift might look like perception purely. But it's a supernatural thing when we're saved and we're prophesying with the power of the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to prophesy. 
I know there's many more ways God spoke through animals and things in the Bible, but I'm just making it simple for us this morning. One of the ways that God also speaks of uh, impressions, people get like a feeling, you know, a feeling or a strong sense of something. Images or pictures, some people see actual scenes that kind of play out, um, or you can just get a picture of dreams in your sleep. Um, not that every dream is prophetic, but when we sleep, our mind is shut off, right? So God can speak to us easier. Uh, through a scripture, just through a word. When you're reading the word, the scripture just pops out and it answers something that you've been asking God. You know, you've been asking God something and that scripture just jumps out. Um, that is prophecy. And then a still small voice. We'd love to have the writing on the wall or the audible voice of God yelling in our ears, but we have to listen to the still small voice. And oftentimes God speaks in a still small voice. And it brings peace and it brings comfort. Again, it brings encouragement. So just some helpful riverbanks, you guys good? You hanging with me? I've got some riverbanks with just some boundaries to prophecy within the church that are helpful. Um, when you get a word of prophecy, I've already said it, but just make sure that it is encouraging and edifying and building up that person. Think about uh, think of it as calling up the gold in somebody, seeing the gold. When we prophesy, we want to ask Jesus for the eyes of heaven or for his eyes and how he sees somebody and call up the gold in them. It's so different to the world that just sees on the surface where it's judgmental and critical and sees what kind of is in front of you. But we want to see with the eyes of heaven and ask Jesus, what do you see? I want to call up the good in that person. I want to call up what you see. Prophecy isn't simply discerning discernment or seeing. We can discern and see a lot of things. People who aren't saved uh, see and discern a lot of things as well. So discernment is just, you know, and we don't want to say everything that we discern, right? Because that might not be encouraging. You may see a lot of things, but it doesn't mean we're going to say them all, because that's not going to encourage, right? It would expose. So the Father's heart is not to expose people. Um, so we want to make sure that we don't need to say all those things. It's simply just asking God for a word or a prophetic act that will encourage somebody. And it comes from His love for them. It comes from his love. That song this morning, pour it out, let your love run over. That's prophecy. We need the love of God poured into us so that we can prophesy love for other people. It comes from the love of God. It doesn't come from judgment or anything else. It just flows from love. And it's God's love. It's not our compassion or our empathy. We can be super empathetic and compassionate. That's fine. But we need the Holy Spirit's power. We need the love of God poured into us to prophesy. Amen? Amen. That's <laughs> all doing great, y'all. Okay. We don't have to have the insight into the situation. Sometimes we don't even have any insight into the situation. And you don't even know what you're saying. Well, I mean, you know what you're saying you don't know what it means to that person. And that's okay. I have to follow the guideline asking myself, is this going to be encouraging to me? If somebody said this to me, Okay, avoid giving directive, predictive, and corrective words. A directive word is like telling someone they should move to China or move to Thailand and do missions. So we kind of want to avoid telling people where to go or what to do. Uh, avoid predicting words, like predicting people 
So avoid giving corrective words. Uh, bring that to an elder if you feel something. Be natural and speak in a natural voice. Be yourself when you prophesy. I had somebody, well, I had a lot of interesting situations, you know, when someone's prophesying with me. But they actually approached me and kind of would be like, whoosh. Following Christ, so we're laying down our 
Sometimes you just want to clarity or you're not sure. Just have a prayer with you and see if it resonates. 
safe is presented to someone who is in a local church, is accountable to leaders, is transparent, their life is transparent, other people know them and speak into their lives. Um, it shouldn't be a lone ranger person just kind of thinking, I am a prophet in ministry, I'm setting up a platform for themselves, but their, their life is not accountable or open to other people. So I'm very careful about people that prophesy, and I've always recommended that. Just to not let just anybody speak into your life. So I think that's most of what I have to say, but I want to stand. I do want to stand. I'm trusting that God, I'm standing, I want you to stand. I want to trust that God did something in us this morning, that he is liberating some of us um, to be able to prophesy, that he's liberating us to be able to hear him more and to want to obey him more. I know he did some of that in me this week. Thanks again for listening. We hope you were encouraged. Don't forget to connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram.